time for Smack Talk, a podcast brought to you by Webster Sports Media Club. I'm Zach Goodman, your host, and today I am joined by Jackson King. Hey, how are you doing, Zach? And Irvin Dubo. Hello. This last weekend was the NBA All-Star Game, and I actually loved what they did, adding a score limit. To the, I mean, that's the only thing they changed, but it made it a lot more competitive. Was- Team LeBron won 157 to 155. Mm-hmm. It was a great adjustment. We saw the, the MLB do that a couple years ago with the home run derby, and everyone just loved it. So that's a good thing. There's a lot of controversy over the dunk contest. Derek Jones Jr. ended up winning, but Aaron Gordon was really not happy about it. I think Derek Jones Jr. had a great dunk contest, first of all. The award should have been given to him, but I also feel like Aaron Gordon dunked incredibly. He leads NBA right now with the most 50-point dunks ever, and he has eight, and he still has yet to win a title. It was crazy just to see how like he was robbed for a second time. The things that he's able to do is unbelievable. And like jumping over tackle fall, like he, I mean the guy's seven five. Yeah, like huge. you just don't do that and just you know don't get the title. Like it's crazy to me too. I think so. they should have gave him a share title. Yeah, anything. Which I mean, I love a dunk off and I love what they did with it. But then the last two dunks, if those would have been the two dunks they started off with, those would have been fifties immediately. Yeah, I agree. But then they set the bar so high that. Derek Jones Jr. got a 48, and then Aaron Gordon, I think his dunk was better, and he got a 47. Yeah. Which didn't make sense to me, but, I mean, that's how it is. That's how I just personally, I don't love sports mm-hmm. that are the winners decided by a judge. I like yeah. there's a right. strict set of time rules on how to finish a race in sense. That's why I'm not like gymnastics and stuff. I Obviously, I don't know a ton about the sport, but I'm just mm-hmm. watching. I'm like, wow, that was incredible. And they're like, they, I mean, they yeah, judge stuff. This is I'm, only this good, yeah. And it's just almost opinionated. I, I don't like that. I like straight to the point. We know who wins because of the set of rules. Right. It creates controversy there. See, I don't know how they could make a set of rules for the dunk contest, though. I mean, I feel like it's just opinionated. I mean, it's been going since mm-hmm. early 80s, pretty sure, with Michael Jordan, Dominique, all those guys. So I feel like the judges in there have to be opinionated with it and they have to have that mindset of who's going to win who's going to come out on top yeah my question is always like if you're going to have judges in the dunk contest why is one of them not michael jordan <laughs> yeah how do you not ha- like or like dominique i mean i think dominique wilkins maybe he was a judge like this year they had d wade and i think i don't know who else was on there but i'm just like have like some of the greatest dunkers beat the judges like so they, they understand how difficult yeah. those dunks are well, what was your guys favorite dunks from this contest mm, my favorite dunk was probably the one where Markel Fultz threw it off the side of the backboard mm. and Aaron Gordon caught it with one hand and did like a 360 windmill. It kind of yeah. reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you ever watched the video, it was probably five or six years ago, uh, Quay Parker or Quay Parker. He was like a high school phenomenon who could just dunk and that was his signature dunk. So I oh, thought, really? that was, thought that was pretty cool. Huh. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I personally love the, the dunk over a tackle fall. Like, I don't know why that, like, so it's just so simple, but like, so he's just a tall dude. So I, I totally and you, to me, like I was a dunk. Like, why didn't he not win this dunk contest over that one? Just... People, people are saying that's just like, oh, he didn't completely clear him. I'm like, he's it, seven he did. Five. He's seven five, me? and he had his hands up. His hands, yeah. his hands. That probably makes him like eight two. Mm-hmm. He's got some long hands. I mean, mm-hmm. it's nuts. It's, it's nuts. It's crazy. So yeah, he. I mean, he's just. <laughs> I love the taco fall thing going on in Boston right now, but for me, I'm not a huge fan of the dunk contest. Or personally, the home run derby either. I think the home run derby's gotten a lot better since then. Mm-hmm. But to what extent, year after year, are the dunks really that different? I don't think they ever differ. I mean, when Blake Griffin brought the car out a couple years back, I mean, that was different. Other than that, it's just people doing the same dunk and just making it a little bit different. There's nothing really you can change. Right. Like, you can only do so much your body. And at the end of the day, I mean, we, we talk about how Derrick Jones Jr. won and how he Aaron Gordon was robbed, of course, but it, I mean, really, it doesn't matter that much. The, the entertainment factor is there, and the NBA mm-hmm. almost likes that because it's getting more attention right. to the lead because of the controversy. Overall, I thought it was a really special All Star weekend. Going back to the All Star game, Kawhi Leonard won the MVP, and they changed the name this year to the Kobe, Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. MVP award, which I thought was special. Obviously, what happened is such a tragedy. It still almost seems surreal thinking about it. Like Kobe Bryant is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you kidding me? His impact on the game was just unbelievable. I remember growing up watching him play. I mean, I feel like every kid did that. But then as he got older, and like even after he retired, I feel like his legacy never stopped. And then his legacy went from, okay, he's one of the best basketball players of all time to he's potentially one of the best fathers of all time. Watching him coach his own kids and understand that, watching one of his last games in L.A., him and Gigi were 
sitting down and they were just analyzing the game together, laughing, mm -hmm. goofing off. And like, that's what people look up to now. It's not only about how good you are at basketball. It's how good you are off the court as well. And I feel like yeah. that's the impact he left. Yeah, I think he had a massive impact in the fact that basketball wasn't the most popular sport and it still isn't. It's still football Yeah, in the United States, but it definitely has skyrocketed in recent years. And I think a lot of that has to do with Kobe Bryant, what he did. Mm. I remember personally, I'm not a huge Nuggets fan, but from Colorado when the Nuggets used to be good, watching him and Carmelo Anthony go at it in the playoffs was so much fun to watch. Just the impact, he's just the Mamba, he's 81 and it's just I mean, awesome. you can't beat him. I mean, he's, I mean, you, there's people who say he's not the best, but in my opinion, he's top three, top four. It's just that mentality of, okay, you might think you're better than me, but I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to play to your level or higher just by my work ethic. And I mean, it's unbeatable. Yeah. Kobe and, and the game of basketball, it, it goes beyond that. Like you kind of said, like he was a father who was everything, you know, for me, even though I don't pursue basketball like that much, the reason that I always say that the reason why I pursued, like I started the game of basketball was because of my mom and dad, but the reason why I pursued it was because of Kobe. When I was younger, I was the first player I kind of started watching professionally and just seeing more of him play and how he was able to do the things he was able to do. It was unbelievable. And even nowadays, after his career of basketball has ended, he's done so much just in the world. Me, I'm a film major. And Kobe, he made a short film, Dear Basketball, and that which one of the Academy one, Award. Yeah. That not only inspires me for basketball, but also like he's he's a filmmaker. I think his game on just on the game of basketball is, is incredible because of how many players that even at the All-Star game, how many of them worked out with Kobe or even just knew him personally. That's incredible. So he, he always worked out with all the young players. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a big Duke fan, so, and he worked out with Brandon Ingram, mm -hmm. worked out with Jason Tatum, and if you look at him now, both of those guys are all-stars. They got the mentality. Yeah, they have Kobe showed Kobe them. mentality. Mm -hmm. The Kobe mentality is so awesome, and just one of the stories that has always stuck with me was Jason Williams talking about when Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, the, the primetime Lakers, when they were really, really good, talking about how he was about to play them one night, so he goes, I'm going to go get there super early and make 400 shots before the game even starts and he showed up at 3 a.m to get there and that's absurd 3 a.m oh yeah yeah and he got there and kobe bryant's already in there and this is a one-time thing for jason williams but kobe was already in there and already had a full-on sweat going as jason williams described and he's taking hard dribbles he's not taking just normal shots he'll take a hard dribble step back full game speed stuff and jason williams said i worked for an hour and a half i was exhausted and I went back in the sauna, and Kobe Bryant was still dribbling the basketball. So then after the game that night, like he talked to Kobe, he was basically saying, I, well, how are you in there for that long? And he goes, Kobe told him, I saw that you came in, and I wanted you to know that no matter how hard you were willing to work, I'm willing to work harder. And that's just unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's such a cool crazy. story. I remember, um, I think it might have been LeBron talking about when they were in the Olympics together. And... Kobe would be up at 4.30 trying to wake everybody up. All right, guys, let's have practice. Let's make everybody the best they can be. Let's go win. And half the guys would be like, get out of here. And I, I think a couple of them went out and worked out with him, but it's it's 4.30 in the morning. You're overseas, like supposed to enjoy your break too. Right. But he's putting in work when every, everybody else is trying to relax and have a cool experience. Now he's grinding. I mean, he yeah. found motivation through through everything. everything. When he used to come to yeah, the USA teams, they would have practice that would start at noon. And he would get there at like four in the morning. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. just be grinding all the way until 11. And then he would do the normal practice with everyone else. And he just wanted to know these are all after, the best yeah. players in the in the world. And he goes, I'm going to outwork all of you. And he made that a point. It's very special. He had such a big impact on the game. They've been talking a little bit. Do you guys think he should be the new logo of the NBA? So they should change it? I think mm. so. Just because okay. he's done so much for the game. And plus the old logo is Jerry West, which is a former Laker. Kind of passed the torch from the best franchise in the league. So like Laker to Laker. And I'd say give it to Kobe. The best franchise, yeah. not just in the league. I, I read an article recently. They did a bunch of statistics based on wins and championships and championship droughts. They had a, this huge algorithm that went into the best team in the major four U.S. sports over the last 60 years, something mm -hmm. like that. And it is the Los Angeles Lakers. Irvin, you disagreed with just, the... Just a little bit. I mean, I do respect... Uh, if anyone who wants Kobe to be the logo, I'm like, I'm fine with that. If, if that's the change they make, so be it. I'm, I'm cool with that because I love Kobe. 
I don't know. Whenever I look at the NBA, I feel like just seeing Jerry West's logo, that's like, to me, that's iconic. That's like tradition kind of thing. Especially now, I also kind of have a problem with, because if they want to change that to Kobe, I'm like, well, what about Michael Jordan? Like, he's considered like the GOAT of all of them, like True. from LeBron and Kobe. So why didn't they change after Michael? But if they were to change the logo, I wouldn't be too, I'd be like, okay, I can see that. I wouldn't be too upset about it. But I feel like they didn't change it to Michael Jordan just because of his presence off the court. I got you. Like Kobe off the court was that father figure. I mean, mm-hmm. he had some allegations early on in his career right. that kind of hurt him a little bit. But other than that, I mean, he was a stand-up guy, great mm-hmm. guy, worked harder than anybody else. And I oh, feel yeah. like that's what the NBA wants to represent. Like they want to represent athletes on the floor, mm-hmm. but also real people off the floor. Absolutely. And that's yeah. what he presents. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see if they did it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just the traditional kind of guy, but I can see it for sure if they changed to Kobe. Yeah, Kobe Bryant definitely left a mark on basketball that no matter how long the sport exists, his name will always be brought up. I don't even and think it's basketball. Just in the point. sporting world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. But just moving in now to what's going on in today's basketball game. We're just past the All-Star break, which means we're starting to get Coming crunch down. time for a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the Western Conference, can anyone beat the Lakers? They're, they're at the top, but can anyone beat them? Can anyone else come out of the West? I think the Clippers have a good chance. That was my next because- yeah. They have that defensive ideology to where, okay, you might score 85, 90 points, but we're going to hold you to that 85, and we'll score a little bit over that. Look at their starting five. Not a lot of scores other than Kawhi and mm-hmm. Paul George. They rely on defense heavily. I think that might get them past LeBron, but yeah, it's it's still LeBron and AD. It's It's tough. And I think the Western Conference is so good, and it's good to see the Lakers as much as I I don't like the Dodgers and the MLB, so I have a bias against <laughs> Los Angeles teams in general. But I do like the Lakers. It is good to see them. It's good for basketball when yeah. they're good. Mm-hmm. It's not good for basketball when they're bad. You'd see that in the last few years. So now you have LA Clippers and Lakers battling it out. People talk that those are the only two teams at the top of the West, but the Nuggets have a better record than the Clippers. And they've done that at times while dealing with mm-hmm. a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Can they surprise people in the playoffs? What was the ranking last year? Was it Were they first or second in the West? They and ended they, up, I think, third. Third? Yeah, they were pretty high up there. Which, I, I mean, they they're, they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just don't think they have the star power. Like, same with last year. I didn't think they have the star power. But with upcoming Michael Porter Jr., they still have Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Jokic, of course. They might be able to make it to the Western Conference Finals. But if they had to face either of these Los Angeles teams, I don't think they could do it. I feel like it's more also of a developing year. I feel like a lot of teams in the West, even the Jazz, they've also gotten really good these past couple of years. So I feel like they're still in that phase of, okay, now we're a contender for the playoffs and even making it there. Now we just have to figure out what's our mentality to get up there even more and see what we can do with our and team. And their young core is so, it's so young. Most of their guys are 26, 27. Oh, yeah. They're still ahead of their prime. I mean, it's that maturity that develops exactly. over time. So that mentality, I'm going to keep saying that because it's all about the Kobe, but. <laughs> and it's going to be interesting because I do think the Jazz are really good too. One of those teams can shock. I mean, they're right there. They've played mm-hmm. them close. I mean, you saw the Nuggets and Lakers went into overtime a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. or just like a week mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, I, I was think. about to say it was, it was pretty, a really good game, soon. competitive game. And the Nuggets, they had a big win over the Jazz. They only had seven guys that were active. So they only had two guys coming off the bench. And Jokic put up just insane, insane numbers. Yeah. He's still so underrated. Of course, I have a little bit of a bias. I'm not a huge Nuggets fan. I'll be honest. I'm not a huge Nuggets fan, but they talk about it all the time back home. So I see a lot of stuff. The numbers he's putting up last year in win shares, which is similar to baseball's war, basically Mm -hmm. how many wins he's getting for the team above the average player. He was second in the league only behind Kawhi Leonard. And that's including playoffs. Just Kawhi. Yeah, Yeah, Kawhi. But he was saying in the league. So that made some, based on those things, the same most valuable player in the league. I mean, it's just funny because he looks goofy. He is... I mean, he doesn't play the, while he's the flashy exactly. basketball. I mean, he's uh, he's like a new Tim Duncan, in my opinion, mm-hmm. except he passes the ball a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Joker. He's fun to watch. And I'm glad he made it to the All-Star game, too. I was finally able to see him and go out there and compete. He plays that kind of traditional style of basketball where it's not too flashy. He's just trying to help the team win. Did you see Jokic coach the special Olympics Yeah, he coached the special Olympics, Olympics game. And it was funny. I mean, if you have time just to watch it, I think it's like two minutes long, but it's... <laughs> He is it's a funny, funny guy. They yeah. do, uh, he, he's known as being a kind of goofy He's the guy. Joker. That's him. Exactly. So. The Joker. There's eight solid playoff teams in the West. They're all above 500. What's so interesting to me is that the Thunder are ahead of the Rockets in the standings. 
or at least they were. I mean, they're really close. They were when I put that note together. That, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say now something happened. Yeah, yeah they're a game out, and a half but... back right now. It's not that big of a difference. They're the five and six seed, and it was all this talk. You lose Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Now they don't obviously have Kevin Durant for a mm-hmm. while now, and the Thunder are still right there. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about you thought it was kind of a rebuilding thing for them, but they've been pretty good. I think I think Chris Paul is doing a lot more to that team than Russell Westbrook ever could have done. Don't get me wrong. Westbrook's a great point guard. I love the guy. Love his tenacity. But he was just trying to pat the stats, in my opinion. Yeah, like He was going for that Oscar Robertson record. He didn't care about wins. That year he won the MVP. I think his team was 7th in the West, 7th or 8th in the West. They were not good. And But with Chris Paul, I mean, he just made the All-Star game too. But mm-hmm. He's been facilitating. He's got a lot of young guys going with him. They're going to be good. They might not be good now, but definitely it takes that veteran player like Chris Paul mm-hmm. kind of leading the pack. And I mean, the thing about, again, Russ Westbrook, same here. Like, I love the guy. I think he's great. But I feel like sometimes he does get that kind of stat-heavy kind of thing going, especially with the triple-double like record he was trying to break that. But I feel like now, even though the Thunder don't have their quote-unquote star player, they have Chris Paul. And he's a you know, he knows what it takes to get mm-hmm. to, to the playoffs and what it takes to get a good team. So I feel like they could really be something good in a couple years. I feel years. like he's a great mentor, too. Like, yeah. They just drafted... Shea Gildress Alexander a couple of years ago and he's he's been their best player yeah I was about year. to say he's mm-hmm. been their best player he's right beside Chris Paul but you know Chris Paul's in his ear the whole time oh yeah this is what you do you're playing your heart out right there keep going I mean they had a lot of younger players yeah that are stepping up Dennis Schroeder they also have a little bit of veteran Danilo Gallinari mm-hmm. has Love come Danilo. back he's healthy great, again great so player. he's had a good year it's good to see them still being right there on the cusp of things closing out the top eight the only teams that are above 500 there's a pretty decent gap between the eight seed Grizzlies and the nine seed Trailblazers mm. the Grizzlies are right there they've had a good year and then the Dallas Mavericks I think the Luka Mavericks mania. I think they can surprise some people I agree yeah Whoever the two seed is, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I was, how much I was you about to say that's what that's what I'm thinking. If they have, if the Nuggets are the two seed and the Mavericks are the seven, it's going to be tough. Right now, they're tied with the Thunder, the Thunder of the tiebreaker. Oh, okay, but and so wherever they end up, that's a tough first round. Match. Oh yeah, and then you obviously after that, you the top four teams all really really good with the Lakers, the Jazz, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. The, one of those teams is going to have to go through the Mavericks. And then one of the Lakers, I know it's the Clippers, whoever right. it is. It's just going to be yeah. a long playoff run. I feel like you almost know that the top three are the top three, but then everybody else after that is so up it's in the It's a free-for-all, honestly. It is. Any of those other five could upset any of the mm-hmm. top three. And that's why the Western Conference is going to be a lot more of a competitive playoff scene, whereas the Eastern Conference, you'll get a little bit more of the traditional playoff scene where the Bucks have kind of ran away with that top seed. And mm-hmm. as of right now, they would play the Orlando Magic who are seven games under 500. Yeah. Magic is struggling right now, and if they have to face the Bucks, it's going to be an early exit this it's year. It's going to be a sweep, yeah. <laughs> going back to the Western Conference real quick, you're looking at the Pelicans, who are not really in a spot where they could probably make the playoffs this year, but I'll tell you what, Zion has come in mm. and just been unbelievable. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Pelicans, they've been my team. Like, as soon as they got Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram from that trade, I'm like, they're going to be good. And they drafted Zion. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but they're going to be great. Especially if you uh, package that point guard with Lonzo and Zion. Yeah, they have crazy amount of cap space. They can get someone big or they can stick with that young core and just make sure that those guys get paid in the future. Just a quick question. I wasn't originally going to ask this, but rookie of the year, because it... Ja Morant was just absolutely I, running away yeah. with it. I think you have to give it to Ja. Like, I would. I'm Okay, I'm a big Duke guy. I love Zion, everything about him. Right. But missed half he, he missed half the season. That's, yeah, that's ja my Morant thing. has been playing his, playing his butt off. He deserves it wholeheartedly. He's been so good. He's a number one pick in most drafts, except for when you have a freak phenom. Right. Like Zion. Zion, like Zion. Coming out. But he's just stepped in. And I remember just that first game, you're just like, there's no way he scores. And he went off for what it was like a minute 30 seconds. He scored 12 points or yeah, some ridiculous small. thing like that. And now he's putting up like more than 25 points every night. It's unbelievable. He's unstoppable. Adding adding rebound totals too. Mm-hmm. And he's getting mm-hmm. three or four assists. He's he's good. I feel like a lot of people were skeptical at first because they're like, oh, is Zion going to be like the guy we saw at Duke? And it's like, well, you got to give him some time. You gotta give a lot of these rookies some time to get into that flow. Like same with Lonzo, people were like, I mean, obviously Lavar made some statements as well, but like you have to give Lonzo some time to like develop into his. Well, now with the Pelicans, like Lonzo's doing great. I love watching Lonzo play because mm-hmm. he's finally developing that player that 
a lot of people wanted to see. And same with Zion, like give him some space, give him some time. And now here he is. Here's the guy I've been waiting for. So I think that like the best comparison for Zion, like if you're gonna describe Zion. I feel like he has Shaq's body, but with Vince Carter's hops. And it's, it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. It's good. I, I mean, like that. I mean, they're just showing the slow-mo with him dunking and his chins over the rim. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I think going into the league, he was the second heaviest player in the league. And that was only it's behind crazy. Boban Marjanovic. <sighs> and he's 7'6". It's nuts. It's, it's nuts. He's ridiculous. It's a big dude. It's siding for basketball for the future of it. Mm-hmm. Especially with John Morant being so good as well. Who's coming out of the West for you guys? Oh, I got the Lakers. That's my... And they're leading with the Lakers. They're leading the charge, yeah. Yeah, they're leading mm-hmm. the charge. I'm gonna have to go with the Clippers. Most of the most of the year they haven't even had Paul George and Kawhi out there together at the same time. That's and true. I feel like with their defense, they're almost unstoppable. If they get if they work together, I mean Kawhi can hold LeBron. I don't know who's gonna guard A D, probably Montrez Harrell, but I, I gotta go with the Clippers. <laughs> I respect both those opinions. From the last <laughs> podcast, I took the St. Louis Blues over my Colorado Avalanche making it. And I've been regretting it ever since just because I didn't want to be biased towards my hometown team. But now I just think I was wrong. I, was yeah. flat out wrong. <laughs> I think the abs are going to come out of the West now. I had to go with the Nuggets. I had to go biased towards go. the hometown team. Good choice. I yeah. like to see it. They have so much depth and they, they so many do. guys they on the bench so good. that their bench dominates games. When it's, when it's bench players versus bench players, they dominate and their guys stick in. And they've beat a lot of really good teams this year. They've beat everyone. So, yeah. I think I they're think just they missing that star piece, though, like that person they go to at the end of the and game. And I think Nikola Jokic, Jokic is that guy. I think mm-hmm. that people don't understand. He's had like four or five game winners already this year. I know, but like, okay, who do you go to when they need a three? Jamal Murray. Can you can you trust him to make I that three? So. I mean, he's got he's been faith this so. year. Yeah, he's been, he's I, been it's, good. It's, I will give it to him. Exactly. It, it's, I, I, it's a little bit of an underdog story. It would have to be. But I like to see it. So think, I'm going to stick with the yeah. Nuggets. I, th- I didn't know if you heard this recently, but uh, the Kings are benching Buddy Heald. And I really? feel like that would be a good pickup for the Nuggets, actually. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. See, it's just it's yeah. just interesting. I, I think of it, they had Isaiah Thomas on their bench last year. And it's just sad. I, I hate seeing him move around, especially mm-hmm. after he was so good in Boston. But I think he's just one of those guys for him to be successful. You have to have your entire offense run through him. Mm-hmm. Same. So. It's unfortunate. I just don't see him as kind of like a side piece kind of guy that's able to contribute to the team when he's not the main focus. But I think Buddy Heald kind of has a little bit of that same. Yeah, effect. same mentality. He's yeah. Kind of, it's kind of got to run through him. So, so I mean, we'll yeah, he struggled working up. with Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox, but mm-hmm. like with that third option, he's a great shooter. He just won the three point mm-hmm. contest. Yeah, I mean, just play. don't have your main offense run through him. He should be fine. But I mean, NBA players now are stubborn. They believe that everything should run through them. See, this is what I miss about the NBA now is like we can finally we live in a time now where it's not the Cavs and the Warriors anymore. Now we can have the Lakers, the Clippers and the Nuggets, like three teams I never thought I'd ever hear in a conversation ever again for who's going to possibly win the Western Conference. That drove me far away from the NBA, not even to say yeah. that they don't play a lot of defense in the regular season. It became my least favorite of the four major sports in the United States. Because at the start of the year, you looked at it, you're like, well, it's going to be Cavs Warriors. Yeah, you know already. Yeah, you already know. so worth it. Like, turn off the TV, oh, is a cat? Oh, look at that, fourth straight year in a row. It's like, oh, I didn't see that one coming. It's like, exactly. yes, you did. And but. so at this point, there's so much parody in the lead where you don't know who's coming out of mm-hmm. either I feel like this is the most excitement that's come from the NBA in a long time. I agree. So, exactly. We, we all came up with a different answer for the Western Conference. So moving on to the Eastern Conference, I think that we could all maybe come up with three different answers from the Eastern Conference well, as well. We can see The it. Bucks have been leading the charge. They've only lost eight times. And I mean, that's an unbelievable pace that they've been putting up. But you still have two teams in the 76ers, the Raptors. The Heat are hot. Really good. The Heat are really good. And the Celtics yeah. have been good. The too. Celtics, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Celtics just because they don't have that one overpowered star but they have 12 or 13 people who can contribute which it's kind of like the nuggets and okay so you have Jokic. i mean they have kimba i'm I'm a big fan of kimba jason tatum cardiac kimba baby cardiac kimba that's why i feel like a lot of teams they benefit from that you know not having just that one star player they have a bunch of players that can do many different Mm -hmm. roles that's why i was surprised how good kimba's doing for the celtics this year because i was like oh like i wonder how he's gonna live up to that role that like you know Kyrie and al horford had uh, in Boston, but he's been doing great. I mean, he can, they can do something over there. Like they can, he can lead them somewhere where they haven't really been before. And they have so. a lot of people stepping up right now too. Like mm-hmm. Daniel Tice, he's been playing out of his mind for the Celtics. It's go. funny. It's it, being a Boston sports fan must be 
so nice. Um, there's always every team. They always, even when they're they not always, supposed to be yeah, great, they're, they're just always there. And if they're not good, it's only for like a year or two. Yeah. They'll have so someone win a championship. The Bruins, the Celtics, or Patriots. Like you got all the great teams yeah, over there. The Red Sox, won a World Red Series Sox two years yeah. Ago, and, so you can't leave the Red Sox out. And in 2013, and in 2007, and in 2004. Good to be a Boston, but they man. they needed that because they didn't win for whatever 100 years or whatever it was. Long time. Going back now to the top of the standings, the Raptors mm. lose Kawhi Leonard. Second place in the Eastern Conference right now. 40 and 15, six and a half back to the Bucks, But they're in second place. And you want to be in the top two in the Eastern Conference because there's a big drop between the sixth mm-hmm. and seventh seed. How are the Raptors this good after losing Kawhi? I feel like it's because even though Kawhi, he was that star player, they kind of needed that push that they kind of had to have to go into the playoffs and the finals. I feel like he left behind a good foundation for them a little bit, kind of instilled that mentality of what it's like to be back in the finals. I feel like maybe players like Kyle Lowry, they now know what it's like to be back there. Like, they don't need Kawhi Leonard anymore, but if they had him, it would be great. But now they know, hey, here's what it took to get us last time. I mean, of course, Kawhi Leonard hitting, like, ridiculous buzzer beaters on, like, the Sixers and just doing unbelievable things. But I feel like they have that that element now of getting back into where they once were. So Yeah, like what you said, they built that foundation. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Kawhi was your starting small forward last year. But if you look at their backup last year, it was OG Ananobi. He learned all that from Kawhi, and look at him now. He's having a great year. Plus, you still have Spicy P, Pascal Siakam out there. That's right. They don't have all the big names, but they play basketball the right way. There you go. And it'll get you somewhere. I don't think they're going to win, in my opinion, by any means, because you still have to go against Giannis. You'll have to go against Kimba, Jimmy Butler. But they're playing real good basketball right now. They could do something, potentially. So we've bounced between the Bucks, the Raptors, and the Celtics. You mentioned the heat. They're really hot right now. They're heating up. Mm-hmm. Is it all these puns? They that they come out of the east? <laughs> I'm a big Tyler Hero fan. As much as I hate to say it because he went to Kentucky, but I'm a big Tyler Hero fan. He's been playing good. Him and Kendrick Nunn. Jimmy's taking control over there, helping him out a lot. They're good. It also surprised me as well to see how good the Heat are doing. Last year they had D-Wade and he was kind of, you know, in his old stages retiring. But like the f- how fast they jumped back and now they're like back up into the playoff contenders again. I'm like, this is great. I love seeing the Heat back up to without you know being the big three they once were like now it's a new fresh team squad it's all coming together again for them how do you feel about the warriors being where they are right now then since they were on the top of the pedestal for so long and now they finally bit them in the butt with injuries and stuff like that they'll Um, kind of bounce back next year a little bit not to the same dominant place they were Mm -mm. in years past but i think hopefully they'll get a top three pick and maybe they can trade some assets to get that number one pick because all they're missing is a center I will ensure you that if they have the number one pick, they will choose James Wiseman. And I think they'll probably be back where they are. Yeah. It is rough to see them, though, back like at the bottom, like the, almost like the very bottom of the West. Like they go from being like the champions of the world, playing the finals to getting. And they are. Yeah, I was about to say. Clay uh, Thompson getting injured. In the NBA. And then Seth Curry coming out that injury. Then they lost Andre Iguodala. They traded him away. Like they're just their whole foundation just started coming apart. And I'm just like, it's so sad to see them down there. But I know they're going to be back up there one so day. So it's good that their bench guys will see a, a, a lot have of that playing experience time. and stuff yeah. too. Right. So I think they'll be right back. They have Jordan Poole getting experience. Eric they Pascal. Go. They have a lot of young guys yeah. that get that experience. They'll they should be good bench mm-hmm. pieces for them next year. Jumping right back into the Eastern Conference, a lot of people, even though they're in the fifth seed right now. Still like the 76ers coming out of the Eastern Conference. I, I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. They have that. They have the talent. They're just not playing good basketball right now. That's that's all there is to it. You get a little spark, and they, they could do a run right. easily. Something I find interesting about them, and you talk about how important it is to have home court advantage in the NBA playoffs, but if they're the five seed, then they don't have home court advantage. They're not going to have yeah. it. They're 25-2 and two at home. They're tough to beat at home. But they're nine and nineteen on the road. They just cannot win on the road. And right. if you're in a five seed, I mean, you're gonna have to. You're do gonna that. have to. Yeah, you're gonna have to play four games on the road. You're gonna have to learn how to win. But you're wearing an Indiana Pacers sweatshirt <laughs> right now. I gotta, I gotta rep my. There you go. Not rep my hometown, boys. but I mean, they're the yeah. closest to me, so I have to rep your boy. So, what are the Pacers looking like? I don't, I don't think they can come out of the East. They're good. They have Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon's been playing phenomenal miles turner's been playing really good but i i don't think they can could they beat the the celtics round one i think they could take them to six but i feel like the celtics celtics it's very risky yeah like it would take a miracle for like the patients to kind of try and go over the celtics but it could happen for sure i I could see it happening yeah 
that's how the NBA is today. Like everything's up in the air. You don't know who's going to win anymore. Just looking at, and this is a question, a hypothetical question in effect, is that the Nets and the Magic are both in the playoffs. If you're seven games under 500 and you're sitting in a playoff spot, I think that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Should the NBA change their playoff setting? I don't think they ever would just because they're still going to make so much money off of those first few games. But making the playoffs in the NBA is too easy. I mean, 24 and 31, you don't deserve it. It just depends on what conference you're in, honestly. Because a couple years ago, I think everybody in the West was over 500. And then I think your 9, 10, and 11 were over 500 as well. But then your 6, 7, and 8 in the East were four or five games under 500. Mm -hmm. Well, the way it's designed, like in baseball, you'll never see a team under 500 make the playoffs. Never. Mm -hmm. In football, it's really rare. You'll see a division. The Eagles almost did it this year. They ended up playing well at the end, so they went 9 and 7. Hockey, in a sense, yeah, there are some, but they also have this eight-team playoff mm-hmm. setting. But basketball, you see it all the time. It's always just teams and and just the sense of making the playoffs and how important it is. It doesn't really have that feel of like, hey, we made the playoffs. Okay. It's almost bad to be in the playoffs like you're an Eastern team just because, okay, we're not that good this year. And if we make the playoffs, we lose the chances of getting the lottery projected picks. Mm-hmm. For the Magic, they could not beat the Bucs. Mm-hmm. I'll just put it out there. They can't beat the Bucs. And it's also hurting their odds to be in the playoffs just because they're not going to get a, a great pick out of it. They'll get the 15th or the 16th. But, I mean, the chances of moving up in the lottery are really high too. So yeah. they lose that chance. All right. So just just quick predictions. Eastern Conference, who makes it out of there? Bucks. I mean, you, ha- Bucks, you have to. Bucks. It's uh, Bucks. You, you got to stick with Giannis. Giannis is, Chris Middleton. They're, too, they're amazing. Like, they're just, seeing the Bucks, this, again, it's that, wow, the Bucks are going to be contenders, like number one, you know, seed in the in the Eastern Conference. I never thought I would ever see that in my life. But here we are now. We're sitting here talking about it. And the way that Giannis is leading them, they're definitely what he needed. Never would have thought he would be who he is. Because I remember watching the draft day. They would show all the players who are projected to get picked, and it would show his clip and I'm like he's good yeah. I don't think he'll amount to anything he's too skinny now look at him he's bullying Steven Adams around and dominating over Rudy Gobert I mean, those are the two biggest rim protectors in the league he has like the athleticism of a shooting guard or a small forward but the height of a center mm-hmm. and like you even saw yeah. earlier this year when they played the Lakers and Giannis started hitting all those three-pointers mm-hmm. yeah and they asked LeBron hey how do you combat that how do you do anything and all he did was acted as if he tipped his cap because he was unstoppable and as of right now you have a lakers bucks nba championship have that. who wins that oh man well as much as i would love to see the lakers win just for you know like everything that's happened to them where they struggled so for so many years and now they come back and even just for for kobe like winning it for kobe if they win it that would be great if the bucks win it too i wouldn't be mad about that just because the bucks deserve to have a championship as well but I'll predict the Lakers. That, that'll be my pick. I'm going to have to go with the Clippers. Yeah, because you had the Clippers. Yeah, I can see the Clippers, yeah. Clippers, Clippers, Bucks, but I'm going to have to go with the Clippers just because... With their defense. With their defense, I feel like they could shut down all of Giannis's side pieces. And he'll shut down Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton and all those guys. Other than that, you just have Giannis. There's, there's really nothing else. Paul George, Kawhi, they have all the pieces behind them. You have... Pat Bev, a lot of mm-hmm. people coming up. They're they're good. They're playing smart basketball too. Like the Lakers, the talent is there, all of it, and even they have the good ball movement. But when you see the Clippers play, it's almost like they know more of what they want to do and predict, and they know how to get the other teams off guard. And that's why I think the Clippers are also a dangerous team too, because they know how to like dismantle their opponent really yeah. well. They know the roles. Mm-hmm. That's the Clippers know the roles. They know Pat Bev is gonna go out there and get two or three steals a night, maybe six or eight points. I mean, he's not going to do much. They're going to rely on scoring from your two big guys. Occasionally, they could go off, but they know the rules. They're not trying to go out and go out of their way and do stuff that they know they can't do. There you go, yeah. So I have the Nuggets and the Bucks, and the Nuggets have already been my underdog. (laughs) Rolling with them, and I'm just going to keep rolling with them. Why not? Go ahead. (laughs) Why not? The Bucks have lost three times at home all year. The Nuggets went in there and beat them 127 to 115, a 12-point victory in Milwaukee. I don't. I want to see it. Denver Nuggets never won in a championship, and I, I think they're going to do it. I think that'd I, be I fun. Yeah. I just want to see it happen, and I'm going to go against the grain a little bit. But <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna have to disagree with you a little bit, right? Yeah, there. I'm that's a, fine. No, I, I, know, I think I know. Most people will probably disagree with. I, me. I as well, but I yeah. like your confidence. So. Exactly. I, I'm rooting for him. So. I'm going to predict Nuggets probably won't get it out of the second round. Especially Ooh. if they're the two seed and the Clippers are a three seed, they'll have to play each other. 
It'll be I mean, I'm not. I'm yeah. not going to be biased to my team, of course, but I exactly. And I, I'll be honest. There's just a, <laughs> there's a little bias in there. I'm not even a huge Nuggets fan. It's just the I just like seeing something different. If I was going off of strictly who I actually really, really thought would win, you'd probably stick with the Lakers. But I like going out. You got to go with that underdog sometimes. And going going with the Nuggets. That's my prediction. I thought we were going to have an underdog this year with uh, Phoenix Suns starting off hot. That's what I was really excited about because I predicted. Four years ago when they drafted Devin Booker, I'm like, they'll win a championship in six years. So they still have two more years to do it. But I thought they were going to come out guns blazing, but yeah. then they just kind of hit that wall. Even if we do have a Nuggets and Bucks finals matchup and the Nuggets lose, it's still great for that organization because that only puts that foundation in for what else could happen in the upcoming 100%. years. Have they ever won it? They've never won no, it yet. Nope. nope. And Very few teams. I don't think they've ever even been. See, yeah, I didn't know finals. if they made it with Alex English and Fat Lever and all those I don't guys think or so. not. I don't think they did, no. Yeah. And they, I know they didn't make Tom, it with MPJ, he's played well when he's been healthy. And the talent's there. He's just He has an injury bug, unfortunately, for him. But it's it's all there. Nuggets, Bucks, Clippers, Bucks, Lakers, Bucks. We really like the Bucks. So we're about to transition here into the baseball part of our podcast. But I just want to thank Irvin for joining us during the basketball part. So... We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it was no, fun talking. Of course. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Alrighty. We talked about how Milwaukee fans should be excited about their bucks. Unfortunately, I think their Brewers are going to take a step back this year. And just looking at the MLB in whole, baseball prospectus uh, came out. They did a, all those simulations, and they came out with how many wins projected each team is going to get. And just looking at the National League, they have the Dodgers so far ahead of anyone else they have the dodgers projected to win 102.5 games and there's no one else who's projected to win more than 87 no there's no one close i feel like that's just how dominant the dodgers are but also how dominant the al is as well like you have to give props to all of them because if you look at the top three like the leaders in each division they all have 90 plus wins Exactly. And it's always been that way where there's at least a couple teams that can mm-hmm. can challenge them. And the Dodgers are so stacked, especially after that Mookie Betts, David Price trade. I mean, it's just, I mean, they're looking like a super team right now. Just looking at the rest of the league, there's just no one else you look at go, yeah, they can really challenge them. No, Whereas in the AL, there's... there's a lot of good teams, but there's, there's teams that are going to challenge the top teams as well. I don't think there's any big challengers. I think the NL East is up for grabs. Yeah, Philly at the four. Like that's what their projected ranking is, so I think I think the NL East is up for grabs, and any of those teams could probably test the Dodgers. But I don't Outside think of the Marlins, else. maybe. Yeah, well, um, no, of course not. Yeah, I mean they have the Mets and the the Nationals as the top two teams. They have the Braves taking a step back. I that's, personally don't think they're going to no. take a big step back. No, I think I they're think actually going to take a step is, forward. Exactly. I don't know if the their win total necessarily be as high as it was, just because their division is much more competitive mm-hmm. now. But I still think the Braves are a really, really good team, and they're still so young. And they're young I think Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah. is going to be a top three player in the league at some point in his career. He's going to win an MVP. The guy is nuts. They have them winning eighty two games, barely over five hundred. I don't see. That I don't. Happening. I don't see it at all. And plus, like not just Ronald Acuna Jr. You have Ozzy Albies. You have Dansby Swanson, and that's not touching. Their pitching rotation either. Like you have Mike Soroka and all those guys. Like they're a good, solid team, and they have great potential. And I, I feel like they're going to do better than that. We will see. They're all just now getting down to spring training. It's all good. It's the best time of the season. You see that? Oh, it is the best time of the season. Month four, Month and then four. baseball. It's back into full swing of things. And just looking at the NL Central, because this is a division for me that could really go to four different teams. Is, the Cincinnati yeah. Reds have everyone's jumping on the the bandwagon a little bit because they've made some big moves and they're looking good. But the Cubs are still right there, and the Cardinals they didn't make any moves. They did not make any moves. If anything, they lost players. They lost they players. Gave yeah, Marcelo Zuna to Atlanta. So mm-hmm. they, but their pitching is yeah. still so good that I think they're gonna stay competitive. I mean, they're just not gonna score runs. It's 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 tough enough it's, to score in Bush Stadium yeah. anyways. But I just don't think they're gonna score enough runs to to really run away with this division, but I still think they can win the division. They're projected to go under 500. Um, that's what Pakota has in their average simulations. And then the Brewers aren't as good as they were, but I still think they're in it. When you have Christian Yelich, guys they're, like that, good, you're, yeah. you're fine. Josh Hader. They're, it's going to be a competitive, competitive NL Central. I don't think any of these teams are great. And that's the problem with the NL this year, is if the Dodgers don't come out of the National League, what a 
enormous disappointment for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Not only are they so good, but there's not another dominant team no. in the National League. They should absolutely run away with their division. They should probably end up being the only team over 500 in their division. I I kind of disagree on the Padres standpoint, but other than that, I feel like that division's getting pretty rough. Mm-hmm. I think the Diamondbacks took a step forward a with little Bum bit but... with Bumgarner, but I don't see them being ultra, ultra competitive. I think they'll maybe make a run at a wild card spot, but that division has really gone down the drain outside yeah. of the Dodgers. I remember a couple years ago when that division was up for grabs. Exactly. I mean, I mean you looked San at Francisco the best three teams in the West for... at one point were, I mean, not not just the West, the National League were the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, and the Dodgers. They were the three teams with the mm-hmm. best records in the same division. And then now look at them. I mean, 102 yeah. wins for the Dodgers and then 79 for the Padres. It's... <laughs> They're going to win their division by... 22 games, <laughs> something like that, which would, I mean, it, it, it should definitely happen. But for me, there's not any other dominant teams. We're going to see possibly a team with less than 90 wins win two divisions in mm-hmm. the National League this year. And you can see teams with 84 wins, 85 wins, make it into the wild card, make the playoffs. Yeah. That is an astoundingly low number. We've seen in the past just teams with 90-plus wins not even, not even make, make the, playoffs. the playoffs. I feel like that's going to be the point in the, the AL East this year. If you look at it, the, you have the Rays coming off of a great postseason. You have the Yankees picking up Garrett Cole and having their good team. I think Toronto is going to surprise some people, but you still have the Red Sox. A lot of those teams will have great records, but they just... And shoot, just last year, the, the Indians had 93 wins and they didn't make the playoffs. And now that's a team that is going to win eight more games than a team that might make the playoffs in the NL this year. It's going to be unbelievable. Kind of crazy it's to sad. look at that. Well, just you look at the last few All Star games, just in general, and the AL has dominated the All Star game in in recent years. Just, just I mean, they kind of have better players in a sense. Obviously, it comes down to who ends up winning it all. But the the AL has been doing that a lot recently. And if you look outside of, you know, the Giants went on that run, and obviously the Nats won this last year. Mm-hmm. It's, Other than it's that, kind it's, of been, it's been AL yeah, dominating. Except for I mean, 2011, the Cardinals. Other than that, it's the Giants won and 10, 12, 14. 13 yeah, was the Red no, Sox. Yeah, I got that mixed up. It was 10, 12, 14. 15 was the Royals, AL. Uh, 16 was the Cubs. You go back to the NL. 2017 was the Astros. Astros. 18 was the Red Sox. And 2019, back to the Nationals. So are we putting a stanza on uh, the Astros then? No? <laughs> I, yeah. Good. Yeah, there's at least an asterisk. I mean, they're just flat out cheating. That's... I don't think they were the only team doing it, personally. I think there was teams that are kind of getting away with it and kind of going, hey, we can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no way they weren't. It was just right there. I, I don't think they were the only team doing it. They were the, the scapegoat of it. But I don't know if they actually use those buzzers or not. There, there's no evidence necessarily of it. But I mean, how I mean, are you going to ridiculous? How and, are you going to not rip your shirt off after you're going to the World Series and like saying, I have a bad tattoo? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. Kind of the saying, innocent till proven guilty. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have, the MLB did an investigation and found no evidence of it. They were cheating anyways. It doesn't, yeah, it I was doesn't about to say, that doesn't, they were cheating anyways. Mm-hmm. And their apologies have been so weak. Oh my it's been goodness. unbelievably weak. And now even you see Carlos Correa is attacking the people that are going after them. And he makes a couple decent points in the thing. But it's like, at this point, you just got to say, hey, we were a good team. We know we were a good team. This is our championship. But yes, we cheated and we are sorry and we take full responsibility because what they're doing right now, I mean, Alex Bregman, I loved Alex Bregman. I thought he was doing so much for the game of baseball with his YouTube videos, his personality. That's exactly what the game needed to get going in this new era of fans. And just shot and himself in the foot. I mean, he sounded like a robot in his apology. It, was, it sounded like he wasn't even the one speaking. It sounded like there was like a little, like a microphone that someone else was a talking buzzer, through. It was buzzer. unbelievable. Well, his apology, I didn't, Except at all. I thought it was it was awful. Altuve's, it's tougher when you're not speaking your yeah. first language. Yeah. yeah. So get, cut him a little slack there. But I mean, there's just not any remorse. The president it's, of the team said, hey, we didn't think it made any difference. Well, if it didn't make any difference, why were you doing it? Exactly. If it wasn't going to help you win games and win that title, why? Why would you do it? Yeah, lawsuits against him. There's going to be a ton of beanballs. And people are pissed that if somebody gets Hit suspended. The, yeah. That they're going to serve more of a suspension. It was a weak punishment in all in all reality, especially looking at now what Manchester City's yeah, going through. I was about to say, if you've seen the Europe, suspension for Manchester City, it's two years of the championship league. That's literally 
It's a huge fine. And they got a huge fine and, along Yeah, with I was about it. to say, and they got, what, 30, 30 million taken away from Euros, them? yeah. Yeah, euros. And that's, that's taken really away weak. all the money that they would have made from... Uh, Champions League Yeah, games. the Champions League games. I mean, that's the most important games they play all year, and now they're banned for... They can't even win for two years. It's, that's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of nuts. That's a real punishment though mm-hmm. i mean what they just did for the yeah, astros got off just real easy smack on the i mean head. that's i mean what they did to the black Sox. it's not to that level it's the greatest scandal since then the black Sox literally through the games outside of shoeless joe jackson he still should be in the hall of fame i hate that led the entire series, series in average batting and, average <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know how he it. tossed it but okay but whatever uh i think he's people are talking about now pete rose wants to get back yeah, in the hall of fame say, because if, of that which I think we should take a look at Shoeless Joe Jackson first. I think he's a he's a better example that we need to look at. I say, at. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna put Pete Rose in there, you're gonna put Shoeless Joe Jackson in. I don't I feel think like... Pete Rose. I think there's more going on behind the scenes that we don't know about because there's no way you just keep him out just because of he was betting for his own team, especially yeah. at this point. There was something else going on. I was just talking with my professor yesterday, Allison Levin. She's does the <laughs> editing for these podcasts about how as the manager you can still have an effect on how you play the game maybe you say hey i'm not going to bet on this game tonight i'm going to give my starters a rest so they're more healthy to play this game tonight or you know when your pitchers or how you're going to use them and stuff you can completely change the way that you're doing these mm-hmm. things and you can use all these assets not give guys breaks like, you still have so much control over the result of the game and you shouldn't have control over the result of a game that you're betting on is basically the the True. standpoint and that he's been so arrogant about it. I, I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. So do you think any of the players from the Astros should be on the Hall of Fame then? I think I was literally talking about that when we did our, our Baseball Hall of Fame podcast is these guys could have an unbelievable career. You got to get over just, You, you got to get over the 75% year. mark. And <laughs> if more than 20, all it takes is 25% of the writers go, I can't stand you, you cheated. And they're not going to make it in. So I mean, you're looking at guys, Altuve had a shot. Yeah, Altuve, I feel like... Redman, yeah, obviously he's young. He's got a shot. Springer, Brantley. Do you think the pitchers are catching any backlash for this? They're, they are, but they, just they knew about it. They had oh, to have known sure, about yeah. it. Even though it didn't benefit them like in a sense. I still think Verlander's... Verlander's Garrett Cole, they both got yeah. really Zach good. Grinke's I mean, Verlander already. Grinky, I mean, he, especially because he joined so late. But they had to have... Mm-hmm. It, it was right there. It was right next yeah. to their dugout. They knew it was going on. They knew exactly what was they going on. They can't play innocent just because, okay, I exactly. wasn't hitting. Like, come on. I mean, Mike Fires knew what was going on, and that's why it... Was it Mike Fires? Yeah, he was the one that came out. Yeah, sure. he knew what was so, going on. Yeah. So yeah, they all knew what was going on. It's ridiculous. The Astros are still going to be really good this year, even after losing Garrett Cole and after all this scandal. They're still a stacked team. I think they still come out of the AL West. That's their division. Even though the Angels made a lot of improvements in the athletics... Yeah. We're good last year, and I think they'll be good again this year. You have to give it to the Astros. Hate what they did, but they they still have such a good team. They they didn't need a cheat to win. I feel like they could have won either way. They'll they'll still come out of the West this year. I love the Athletics. Obviously, I'm a huge Rockies fan, but I think my two favorite organizations outside of the Rockies are the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland Athletics because they do mm-hmm. what they do with no money and they're good for a couple of years, like really, really good. And then they trade away everyone and that's thing you know, they have all these prospects come up who are just great. And I love seeing that out of them. So I totally respect it. I love it. And I think the Athletics will be right in the mix of things again this year. Looking at the AL Central, they favor the Twins at 93 wins, projected wins this year. Indians at 86.1. A lot of people like the Chicago White Sox this year. I'm a I'm a big White Sox guy. Yeah, I I was I knew you're up in the Chicago area. No, so no, I'm you're Indiana. No, keep trying, Southern Illinois. You're from Southern Illinois. Yeah, an Indiana Pacers fan. Okay, that's the so closest who's your thing team, to us. Who's your team? I'm a Braves guy. You're a Braves guy. Yep, I'm a Braves guy, but I'm I have a love for the Detroit Tigers. And I always will. And why are you a White Sox guy? I like the team. No, like I, okay, I'm not a White Sox guy. I'm just saying, okay, for the Central, I'm I'm a White Sox. Okay. I, I feel like they're going to get That's out of fair. here. That's fair. So Tim Anderson had an unbelievable year last year. I think he takes a little bit of a step back. His BAPIP was, yeah, was about ridiculous. It was like 390 or something like that. So a little regression towards the mean. But he's still going to have a good year. He's a great player, and they have so many good young players. I don't know if it's necessarily this year that they're going to be good, but they have the cap space to make a huge signing. I think that in the next couple of years, we're going to see the rise of the Chicago White Sox, who their 2005 championship team is one of the most 
underrated teams yeah. all the time. They were so I good. Like, I feel like White Sox their time. deserve to oh, be yeah. good, yeah. But looking at the Indians, I think they'll be right in the midst of things. Again, the Indians are good. But the Twins, they went 103 games last year in the regular season. I still think the Minnesota Twins win this division, but I don't think it's 103 wins. I think it's more around 93-94. I think that mm. they have that prediction right. Just because I think offensively they were ridiculous last year, and I don't think offense is consistent in the game of baseball. No. I think pitching is what gets you there. I think they'll come back if you win. But I still think they win the division. The Twins will be good again this year. The AL East is once again going to be really good. I think it's the best division in baseball, and they beat each other up. And the Yankees, I mean, if the Yankees don't win the World Series this year, you got to be kind of disappointed. With I mean, all the moves they made yeah, and the made star so many power they moves. have. They have so much star power, like you said. They, I mean, you don't lose. When, when Garrett Cole takes the mound for you, and they have the lineup that they have, you, you just don't, don't lose. lose. I'm pretty sure, what was it, last year in the World Series when Garrett Cole lost a game, that was the first loss since March, I think they said. Something stupid. Don't quote me on that, but I'm when he I'm gave, I, sure. I can't even remember what it was. But it, yeah, but it was his it was dominance ridiculous. is unbelievable. It's ridiculous. It's Guys, they have it's there's, unbelievable. There's nothing you can do about it. They're a star power Yankees team. If you had to look at past Yankees, just from teams, their roster, organizations, I mean, it's. I'm glad DJ LeMay he was getting the recognition he deserves. Yeah, I was about to say I liked him when so he was good. in. He was so I good in Colorado, in Colorado, and people say, "Oh, it's the Colorado thing." Well, now you feed him a 310-foot fence in right field because all he's, he does is hit the ball off. to right field. So he does a great job, and he's great defensively. And obviously Torres and Michael tochman has been really good for them too. And they mm, just true. have so many guys. It's unbelievable. Just up and down their order. And Gary Sanchez, so good producing. I'll tell you what, if if they add the electronic strike zone, which I would hate. That would be the that, worst thing awful. Major League Baseball could possibly do. It would be awful. Every catcher is going to be like Gary Sanchez. That guy... <laughs> All you got to do is catch the baseball and have a strong arm then. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. and be able it's, to block yeah. the baseball. The most important thing a catcher does is framing. And Gary Sanchez does not frame the ball well no. by any means. But what he does do is he hits the he ball hits a the ball really long ways. 50 feet. Exactly. Jeez. So you'd see a lot of Gary Sanchez that's in the league. I would hate to see that. That's the worst decision they can do. I think just aesthetically watching the game would be so miserable. Just just w- trying to watch these catchers pull balls out of the strike zone and then they're getting called strikes because they nicked the, the they corner. They nicked a little bit and of it, yeah. You, you see these umpires get this dramatic strike three call, just, just run, bring them up. Everybody's Everyone, that's, that's excitement. It. Now it's going to be catch the ball. Everyone kind of looks at the umpire. He's holding his, his earphone. Oh, yep, that's strike three. Strike three. Exactly. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to lose all of the emotion out and of it. The worst part of it is that this was never an issue. Every sport has a human element to it. NFL, NHL, NBA, there's a human element about it, and we're watching humans compete. So I think that there should be a human element in the sand calls because there's not a perfect pass interference call because it's, there's a gray area Exactly, because they so don't why, have that written... The strike zone, I think that adds value to a catcher who is better at framing. JT Realmuto, Austin Hedges, they're stealing strikes for you. It adds more to the game, in my opinion, and it was never an issue until they started showing the strike zone on TV. And, and now they're like, oh, how did the ump miss it. that? Yeah. That was a millimeter outside, and I can clearly see it because the little dot shows me that it's outside the zone on my TV. While he's standing right behind home plate watching a 99-mile-an-hour fastball barely nick the plate, and he's calling it a ball. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, and that, and this is the fastest anybody's ever thrown. There's probably four or five people on each team that throws 90, 97, 98 plus, and you have to go behind there and tell where it goes, not adding the movement or anything. I mean, that's it's difficult. I think and it's part of the game. It's part of the game. You have to stick with it. Just like you said, there's a human element in any part of any of the top four sports. We need to talk about. But you dread. But I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I think Nolan Arenado gets traded. Not, I don't think he will before the season starts. I really think that's out of the picture at this point. Yeah, it's out. But at the deadline. I think he gets traded. I'm not for sure who. I know that the Cardinals and the Cubs are both front runners right now. But. He won't get traded inside the division. That's no, for sure. No. Yeah, you looked at the Cardinals and the, I mean, he would just. And, and part of me wants Nolan Arenado to get traded. But the way this entire situation has been handled it's just unfortunate because at the point when you're like, okay, Nolan might get traded, yo, hey, at least we're going to get a lot out of him. And now there's all this dispute between the team. You might not get as high you as a price that you were you were going to get for him. And I think as a Rockies fan, I'd go, hey, if we trade him, 
it would suck, but I want to see him succeed in a different place because mm-hmm. this guy should have won multiple MVPs at this point. The course field thing, I, I could go off on it. on it. Yeah. He's going to go to a different team, the St. Louis Cardinals, Chicago Cubs, play primetime all the time, and he's going to put up relatively the same numbers, and he's going to win multiple MVPs, and I would and love to see him deserves. do that. Exactly. And he would play in playoff games. I love seeing it for him. As a Rockies fan, I would hate, I don't even know what I'd do. Just, I mean, that's what keeps you sane when the Rockies have these bad years, is watching Nolan Arenado make these diving plays and have these awesome moments and hit all the time. He's such a big figure in Colorado, it stink, but... I think it would be the move to make, and then you obviously you try to get prospects yeah, back say, for you get it. Prospects and rebuild. I mean, that's at that I point. I mean, if they trade of, to the Cubs, I think it's almost got to be Contreras and Bryant packaged. I'm trying to think who else could they offer up. I think that would basically no, that'd, be, that'd be a good amount right there. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Bryant's going to have another stellar season. He might. I mean, I mean, might Bryant's still a really, really good yeah. player, doing a lot better at third base defensively. He's not as bad as he was when he, when he first came in. Contreras, the Rockies need, as much as I love Tony Walters, he's my favorite baseball player. They need someone who can produce a little bit more offensively, and Contreras will do that. Immediately. Immediately, exactly. And, and they don't really have course, a number two. I mean, I mean Ionetta's gone now. I mean, they, they just don't really have that guy to step in there, and I think... I think they lose that star in Nolan Arenado, but they improve their team all the way around. They could. They yeah. could, and it's, it's a tough decision. I really think if the Rockies are not in a playoff spot by or even in contention by the the deadline i think a move gets made and i think the rockies should do that mm-hmm. because yeah. you you don't want to let them just walk for nothing that would not be good that's almost what they did with um going back to the nba for a second with andre drummond andre drummond said he wanted out mm-hmm. and he's top five center in the nba and they got next to nothing for him just because they could lowball him because they knew that he was going either way and they're he like kinda just gotta bite the bullet. Back. yeah, yeah he's kind of gotta bite the bullet and Say we can we can get what we can, and it, it it stinks, but that's the reality of it. So we're gonna look like fools doing this, but I do think that people like hearing predictions. We're looking at a season that doesn't start for another month, but our way too early predictions. projections. Who's in the World Series and who you got winning? <laughs> I don't know how you can ask me that. Obviously, you can predict the Yankees and the Dodgers just because they're leading both in the wins win column. They should have been there last year together, but at the same time, you have wild card people that could pull upsets like the nationals did mm-hmm. and then just happen. go all the way yeah, yeah. it's baseball is one of those sports that you cannot predict who's gonna it's win. all about getting hot at the right time exactly it's, just, it's it's similar to hockey in that sense and even football sometimes not to a normal extent but it happens in baseball yeah. more than it yeah baseball is the take, number one yeah we always have this conversation webster university baseball we both play for the team and we're the number one number two ranked team in the country depending on which poll you look at if we went and played Illinois, they have a good baseball team, solid D1 program, and we played them 10 times, we would probably win one or two. Yeah. We used to play them back before we were here, and we were winning two to one going into like the eighth inning, and then they ended up And then they just something it happened, yeah. yeah. So it's like baseball can be played even between the bad teams. The bad teams still beat the really good teams. When the, the Yankees go play the Orioles this year, the Orioles are going to win some of the games. Mm-hmm. Not a ton, but they'll win some of them. The Webster's basketball team, not trying to throw shade or anything on the Webster basketball team, but there's just a huge difference between, and not even the, the difference between talent, it's just the way the sports are played. That if they went and played Illinois' basketball team, who's nationally ranked, yeah, it'd what, be a bloodbath. Yes. It'd be, and you talk about that in football as if we don't have a football team here at Webster, but if we did and they went and go try to play Ohio State, would, they would, they, I murder. mean, you'd need body bags. <laughs> Those guys are just so much stronger than the guys are here, and it's just natural talent. But baseball is the game of play that, I mean, all it takes is a pitcher having a really good day and scratching across a couple runs, and the games are just played so closely, and there's more of a luck, mm-hmm, luck aspect less, on it. They could find 10 barrels and fly out to the warning track 10 times, and all it takes is a couple blue pits, and you scratch off a run and a really good pitching outing, and Webster University baseball could beat Illinois. That can happen in the MLB, and you see teams go on runs. Like the Rockies in 2007 were not the best team in the NL by any no. margin. They they swept into the World Series. The Nationals this last year. You saw the Royals do it a few years ago. The Mets did it. It's just all about getting hot at the right time. So any of these teams could, but I got to stick with the Dodgers and the Yankees. I mean, that's the, the that's MLB the and do. Fox. They're salivating over the LA New York series. Two biggest franchises, historical franchises. I see it happening this year. I think they're so far ahead of every other team. I think the Astros are right there with the Yankees, and the Yankees, I think, just like it was again this year, I think the AL will be a much tougher path 
to the World Series, but I think it's the Yankees and the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are just on a completely different level than anyone else in the NL. I think this is the year. I think the Dodgers do it. If the Dodgers don't do it this year, I hate the Dodgers. I can't stand the Dodgers. <laughs> if they don't do it this year, it's a it's a disappointment of the year. I, I respect the Dodgers. I, I don't hate a lot of teams, but I, I respect the Dodgers and what Kershaw's done. You got to respect them. I do respect them. I don't like them just they just beat up the Rockies. Just, and the, it's, it's like, come it's on, can you please just let us have, have one division championship ever? You have to respect that every single one of their prospects that come up always turns out. Yeah, they always pan out. They no always pan what. out. Every single one. Even like not even the highly touted ones. They all turn out. If Smith and Verdugo and and just like all these guys, they always end up being good. And Peterson and Bellinger and obviously I mean, these guys are some of the best players in the league now. I mean, maybe that's props to the Dodgers. Like, maybe I mean, they whatever they're doing in the system. Facility, and we talk like, about it. You watch all their swings. They all have very similar swings. Mm-hmm. Like something they're doing, they're ahead of the curve a little bit. And you got to give them props. So I think the Dodgers come away with it. 2020 World Series champions over the New York Yankees. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to agree. That's all we got today. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Smack Talk. Do you think we are totally off base? Do you have any topic you want us to cover next time? Let us know by leaving a comment or tweeting at us at wu underscore s m a a c. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us out by finding and subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Jackson, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Have yeah, fun. it was a pleasure. Um, for everyone else, we will see you in a couple weeks, actually just a week and a half. Have a good one.